What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Blunt Mag Tattoo Podcast. I'm your host, Louie, from Free Spirit Tattoo. And before we start the episode, just want to give a quick shout-out to our awesome sponsors at badmojo.com.au. It's a family-run merchandise business um, based in Australia. So if you're looking at doing a run of T-shirts, key rings, mugs, stubby holders, all that sort of stuff, head to badmojo.com.au and enter the code BLUNTMAG10, uh, all lowercase, and they'll give you 10% off your first order. So this episode, we're talking to Ogi Tatua, also known as Terrible Terrible Things. There's two separate identities, both very different from each other, uh, which we cover um, as we go. Um, we pretty much talk about everything. So we're talking about his start in tattooing, his journey all over Europe, uh, how he ended up coming to Australia, um, pretty much everything in between. So let's get into it. Ogi, man, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Louis. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> well, be here in my house, but on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's awesome, man. And uh, you're definitely someone that I that I really wanted to get on. Because um, just because you're such an interesting person in terms of, you know, you've got a few little identities here and there as far as tattooing <laughs> goes, which I definitely want to talk about, um, you know, in terms of how you sort of set that up and, you know, if it was a, a deliberate thing or all that sort of stuff. But, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, man. Thanks, just just man. first I of all, again, it. thank you for thank you for coming on, man. Cheers. Thanks so much, Liv. Lovely to meet you finally. Nice after to meet you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Back and forth on the email, um, man. Like so, the, the way we usually start these things, like I just want to hear like sort of your story. You know, how did it all get started? You know, a bit about a young a young Ogie. Like you know, um, was <laughs> sure, it always man. art for you, or how did it all start? So I actually had no idea that I wanted to do tattoos. I was doing uh, English language and literature in Istanbul University. Um, and this is when I was 20 years old. Maybe three years into it, my friends... Oh, actually, yeah. I started uni when I was 18, 18 19 years old. So about when I was 20, 21, my friends uh, opened up a tattoo shop. They were into arts and illustration, graphic design and stuff. So they just offered me like, hey, man, do you want to come try this shit out? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I want to try it out. They knew I was into drawing and uh, illustration and stuff. And I just kind of fell into it. I owe it all to my, they're like basically my siblings now, like Berkin and Berfu from uh, Turkey. And that's how it all start, started, man. I, did, I didn't unfortunately do a real proper apprenticeship like as far as australian standards go you know and what is an apprenticeship so, these days no, no, no one no one knows you've got like you know the old school where it's like oh no you had to you had to build your needles you had to you know tune your machines and all of that and then you got like the new kids these days which i sort of i guess i sort of fall into but i guess i think i was more on like the crossover period where it's like nah i've got no idea how to make a machine i've just been using rotaries <laughs> pens this whole time you know with an ipad you know so totally man like <laughs> take the ipad away and we're just like fuck what are we gonna do exactly, now exactly <laughs> exactly so, so you started you started back in turkey yeah i started back in turkey after maybe two three years of tattooing i opened up a little private studio in beşiktaş which is like a part of istanbul we have a really like uh sick soccer team yeah. beşiktaş you can check it out um and I did that for about a year before I started traveling across, uh, not across Europe, but um, I did a few guest spots in Bulgaria and then I did Madrid, Amsterdam. In uh, Switzerland, I did like a two, three day little private studio type of guest spot. And that was the 
main uh i think the main push to do more with tattooing because seeing all these different styles of tattoos and seeing all these different artists and how much more you can do compared to how it was done in turkey it was really yeah it was a great experience and that really propelled me to just like i want to do this outside of turkey as well that's fucking awesome man how's tattooing in bulgaria man like it's, it's one, of those, <laughs> one of those countries that you know the average the average born well, the average australian anyway probably wouldn't even think about visiting man. alone tattooing there you know it's like it's hard to even imagine a tattoo scene and of course there is one and that's a stupid thing to say but honestly the tattoo scene is incredible there shout out to um anonymous tattoo sophia shout out to mom chill and stuff they're just incredible they're super lovely people and they um i guess in in turkey like you wouldn't expect that there to be a big tattoo scene because of like the western perspectives on these type of more Middle Eastern countries uh, where you expect it to be really conservative, etc. But there's a huge tattoo scene and it's all contemporary because we didn't have that much of a history of it. I think it goes to an extent the same thing with Bulgaria as well, where um, maybe they didn't have hundreds of years of history of tattooing, but the new stuff that's coming out is super contemporary and like really hectic like prison style shit <laughs> i really really enjoy that stuff yeah man that, that's it's super ignorant on, on like all, my part and on i guess our part like not at all, man. F- fuck you wouldn't even think of, of that sort of thing but i guess these days you know with with instagram and the internet and everything like that it just it just levels everything right out you know you you got su- like awesome artists from all over the place absolutely yeah and um i think in australia this is like a blessing and a curse where you guys have so much history of it to the point where everyone learned from a tattoo shop which means that the fundamentals are incredible like the average tattooer is at such a higher skill level compared to many other countries but also this kind of limits you into styles they're really like predominant styles american traditional japanese um black and gray realism type of thing and there's not that many contemporary styles in that sense. I feel like it's a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, someone like yourself, I've been, I've definitely been sort of stalking your Instagram and, and you're, you're obviously not just a Jesus. tattoo artist, you know, you're, you're quite a, a well-rounded artist and that goes to, you know, it translates to music. I've seen you fucking killing it on the guitar and, oh, geez, and on man, the piano sure. and, you know, doing all this sort of 3D animation stuff. Is it like the digital... Man, I'm all over it. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Cheers, but yeah, like it, that's that's something like, you know, when you talk about contemporary tattoos and you know bringing sort of that creativity. Yeah, you're right. Like, I guess uh, you might say ninety percent or whatever the percentage is of of tattooers in Australia, um, they they are sort of just doing the con- conventional stuff, you know. And yeah. I think you know these days there's there's people like yourself and other people that are artists in their own right before tattooing or you know do a bunch of different things outside of tattoo and that when they bring that to tattoo and it's fuck anything's possible fuck yeah totally yeah, man <laughs> no, that's I, saw, so cool. I don't want to turn this on you but like i saw your work and you're such a all-rounder type of tattooer which i always found super admirable and uh-huh. really really cool oh shit thank um, you and i feel Forever like a that street shop guy. <laughs> that that comes from i feel like the fundamentals of you know learning tattooing in australia i don't know if that's the case for you but it's just incredible man really it, cool it is man it is like for, for me i've always had you know mentors that were 
especially at the shop I'm at now, there's there's three of us, you know, as opposed to my shop in Sydney yeah. where it was a, there were nine of us, you know, so we each did our own thing and that was kind of all we did, you know, but here it's, there's yeah. three of us and we have to do everything, you know, uh, like I, I definitely have to dip into stuff that I didn't like doing before, but now like, for example, script, I'm fucking loving doing that now because, you know, I'm like, yeah. all right, shit, I've got, I've got to get good at this and now that I'm, you know, it's same as anything, like the better you get at something, you know, the the more you enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. man. But enough about me. No one gives a shit about me. We're, we're here for fucking Ogie, man. So, um, back to back to your travels and you know your story from there. So you, you did a lot of a lot of travel around Europe. What happened next? So um, in Europe, like I spent maybe uh, fuck. All right, in in Bulgaria, I did like two three guest spots, I think. And I think the first one I've ever did there in Anonymous Tattoo, it was just like such a um, eye-opening thing where uh, we were not doing everything right in terms of cross-contamination, for example, in Turkey, like when, when I learned there. And um, to go there and to do this like borderline dodgy shit and then being like, man, you just can't fucking do that. <laughs> this is like fucked. And we, we sometimes see that here with guest artists as well, especially if they're coming from, uh, coming from abroad where, where it's a bit looser, I guess, not as this is not even like a regulation thing, but more of a word of mouth and everyone correcting each other thing, I guess. Because uh, when I had that experience in Anonymous Study Sophia, I felt like so embarrassed and just like, oh shit, what the fuck am I doing? But I needed that moment to do everything right, you know? Just yeah, like clean absolutely. my act up type of thing. <laughs> and I well, think... that's a fucking thing, man. There's no like <laughs> set rules or anything within this yeah. industry. You know, besides like your health and safety stuff, which is pretty standard. You know, every, every shop's different. It's more down to how your mentor taught you and as opposed to, all right, fuck any other industry. These are the standards. This is how it has to be. And of course, you know, you know, it is, there, there is an expectation, you know, that is pretty standard now, but it's not, it's not anywhere in writing. And, you know, so like you might be thinking you're doing the right thing and then you go to another shop to guess what and they're like, what the fuck's this guy doing, man? Like, who taught this guy, you know? Totally. But like you're doing too much, man. Yeah. Not everything. <laughs> yeah, I totally. Or, get that. or yeah, the, the flip side, like you go to a guest spot and and you're the one that thinks, "What the fuck are all these guys doing?" You know, like. Dude, that's hundred percent. That's me now. Like, uh, I think after that, I've I've just been going hard on the, <laughs> hard on the bags. Uh, hard on the bags. Came out right. <laughs> you know, like machine bags, everything bagged, everything plastic. This is like everything's perfect, and nothing's gonna be cross contaminated. Yeah. Really important for me, but. When I go to a guest spot and see someone just like didn't bag anything and just everything's out on loose, I can't get, uh, I kind of get a bit like germaphobic, yeah. you know, with that yeah. stuff. Um, but anyway, after the Sofia thing, I think it was just pretty smooth sailing because I fixed the stuff that I, uh, that I learned that I was doing wrong. And then it was all about kind of focusing on a style and um, trying to, perfect one or two main styles rather than um rather than expanding my uh abilities to do different styles yep and so i yeah. guess that sort of brings us to the next point which is you know touched on it a little bit before but you've, you've got two sort of identities going on and you know i don't want to i wanted <laughs> to sort of ask you if if that's if that was intentional if that was always the way you wanted to do it because they are quite different you know you've i don't want to use the word yeah. ignorant because i don't Fuck, I don't like that 
I love it, man. You love I it? Love okay, it. good, good, good. Ignorance Just, style. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but like there's there's a difference. You know, you see these guys like Rixard and these guys mm. that don't really know how to tattoo and they're all doing like all sorts of crazy shit lines and this and that. But with, you know, someone like yourself and like, you know, Heggy and, and you know, whoever else there... It's proper tattooing. You know, the lines are clean. You know, it's done properly. They just... The subject matter just happens to be real funny and real, like, confronting, you know? Yep. Um, which is quite contrasting to your other style, which is, you know, your super fine line, really <laughs> arty. Of course, it's super clean across the board, but, you know, how, how did how did that all come about? So, um, I always wanted to... I actually created that page on Instagram just to somewhere... Uh, to post illustrations I wanted to do these like uh, kind of dark comedy little snippets or like little illustrations that I found funny I did one or two and I think even before I posted my friends who saw it one of the first ones were, were my friend Ozan and uh, Gözde and also Berkin Berfu as well they wanted to get this as a tattoo and I was like fuck yeah I'd, I'd love to do that and after doing that, I realized that this can turn into a uh, tattoo style. This can be a tattoo page. And um, I think how Instagram works or worked at the time really like propels this type of, if you keep doing the same style, it really like kind of the algorithm pushes you forward type of thing. Yeah. But um, I, I always wanted to do them as separate things. It was never meant to be on the same page because you know how different it is. Like the... P- People who like the fine line, Ogitadri type of stuff are not always the fans of terrible, terrible things. Yeah. stuff. and that's that's one thing. Before we before we go any further, it's at mm-hmm. terrible, terrible things for people that don't know what we're talking about. Or some people might know you only as that. Some people might know you only as as Ogi Tattooer. So so they're the two at Ogi Tattooer and at <laughs> terrible, terrible things. Everyone go follow both of them if oh, you're, you're not already. Best. Which you you probably are. You know you're you're the reason they're listening to this, not me. So. <laughs> they're no, following man, you, you already you're doing but... an amazing job Louis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah man so so in terms of like your actual drawing and your artwork was that more lean towards Ogi Tattoo and did that one come first and then you started the, the drawing one yeah uh, Ogi Tattoo the fine line stuff I had for that page probably about 7-8 years now I, as long as I've been tattooing about 8 years but terrible terrible things that's more of a since I came to Australia type of thing, which yeah. is like four years. I had it maybe uh, six months before that. So that page was more built uh, in Australia. And um, it always was the side uh, page type of thing. I, I never uh, wanted to make that as like a primary thing. But there were times where I was so bored of doing fine line and so bored of doing these like really... Uh, refined stuff that i kept going back to the terrible thing style because it's so much fun to do it's so rough in the sense that you just get a you know nine liner 14 liner and then you just pack the black and that's the tattoo and like that that's it (laughs) and i just love that about it (laughs) yeah and then and then you get you know people like it just took off like what was there was there a point where like was it a gradual thing where it just exploded or was it kind Mm -hmm. of you know, one point where it was just like someone shared it or something happened and it just went boom. It was very gradual, man. But I think what made, what was like the break point of it was when I was making more of the uh, lettering ones, like some of the, some of the ones that I like even cringe about today, but I still find them funny, you know, like this is just uh, something 
uh, like I think one of them was uh, every tattoo is temporary because you will die type of thing. Yeah. And this guy got it on his chest and that one like blew up so much. Uh, like all these pages shared it and shit. And I think part of it is because it creates this like discussion, like people will either find it really funny. People will either find it really cringy or some people will find and they'll be like, that's not tr- that's not true. Tattoos are permanent. And I'm like, fuck, you're going to decompose, man. Like, you know about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that I, I personally love about terrible, terrible things and tell me if I'm wrong, but is it <clears throat> I feel like it's it's definitely more of a way that people can get to know you as a person. I don't know if. I don't know if, you know, all these tattoos re- represent or reflect the way that you actually think or that, that you feel or the message that you want to put across <laughs> or if it's just funny and, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, with that's the thing with tattoos these days, especially when you're trying to do research on them and all that kind of thing. There's fuck all the information and that's, you know, it, it's definitely why I wanted to do something like this. So when, you know, when someone like me tries to look up someone like yourself, I'm like, fuck I wonder what this guy's actually like. Like, it's such a it's such a mystery. Like, he must be such a cool dude to be doing this. And I actually um, I I, I planned on contacting both of you, both of you. And then and then I was like, That's fuck, it's so the same dude. Fuck. It's the same dude. <laughs> Shit. Man, uh, some that happens to clients sometimes. They will get a fine line tattoo by me, and then they'll book it in with terrible things because I have separate emails, just yeah. so I can keep track of who wants to get from whom type of thing. And they will show up and be like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no way, you're the same guy. But um, um, it actually is definitely a really uh, caricaturized version of like myself. It's kind of like this alter ego type of thing. I am kind of like this um, kind of cynical in some ways. Uh, I can be cynical at least. Or I think the main thing it came from was... I always felt like social anxiety, right? Like this is this is something a lot of people feel, but there's just not that much outlet to put that to. There's not that much ways you can be like, uh, if you're a socially anxious person, you're not gonna like uh, go on a podcast to talk about it, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I'm doing a lot better now. But when I was first doing uh, terrible, terrible things, it was a way of, just putting that out to the world and it just made me feel better and it was cool to see a lot of people feel this way a lot of people feel that they're being held back by their depression by their anxiety and things like this so i think that's why it found found a little bit of like this uh community to it um yeah yeah no that's awesome that's what man i'm pretty sure all tattoo artists and artists in general have some kind of social anxiety or some kind of anxiety anyway that's what Absolutely. makes us artists <laughs> 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 no cool cool so um man h- how did you end up in australia and why australia from, from yeah. europe so i the first shop i worked in australia which is a shop i left maybe about a year ago now uh it's the darling parlor and um i owe so much of my uh tattooing to darling parlor and people at people at the darling parlor fucking awesome shop um, there yeah yeah i've been tattooed Absolutely. there Oh, really? Yeah, and no, I got um, tattooed by Jacob. Oh, cool, yeah. Jacob, yeah. I have uh, t- I have a tattoo by Jacob as well. And he's, like, in my opinion, <laughs> one of the, like, best tattoos in Australia. He's oh, he's fucking so amazing, fantastic, man. man. Like, it's annoying how good his tattoos are. Totally. <laughs> and, and I like, I show this tattoo to people. Something he did maybe when he was tattooing for eight months or six months. And it's just this fucking perfect, yeah. like, there's no flaw to it. 
and it's yeah, really annoying. Really annoying guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah, out no, to Jacob. JCM Tattoo. Everyone follow him. JCM Tattoo. Um, no, I think that, that's definitely a shop that I hold in really high esteem. You know, obviously Moses is one of the one of the heavyweights in in Australian traditional tattooing and all that sort of thing. But absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. So, so yeah, you started that. You know, you you finished up at Darling Parlor. Yep. Um, even before I came to Australia, I knew I wanted to work there because um, this is kind of, it was Monkey Bob. I don't know if you know his work, but uh, Won, uh, he's, he's Korean and he uh, does guest spots, did guest spots at uh, the Darling Parlor. And he was one of my favorite tatters at the time. Right now he's as well. And he's also a friend. He's a really lovely guy. Um, and that's how I found out about the Darling Parlor because he was doing his guest spots there. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's the shop I want to work at because i'm looking up to this guy and i messaged dave um moses and he's like hey man like we can't promise anything but if you want to come do a trial run we'd be happy to do that and um to be completely honest the time i started there i really didn't think that um my lines or my work quality of my work was up to the standards of everyone else at the shop so I will always appreciate that chance that Dave g- gave me. And I feel like I learned so much there, much more than I learned even before I came to Australia. That's how it all started uh, in Australia. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Man, that's then, trippy to hear, man. That's, that's trippy to hear that, you know, someone <laughs> of, of your sort of tattoo and stature no, like, man. Felt, felt that way, you, you know? Like, uh, according no. to us, man, like you're like obviously one of the heavyweights in the industry and, you know, oh, just, just killing it, man. So... Yeah, it's it's good it's good insight for people that are just starting out to to hear that like even man even the the more experienced and and the heavyweights feel that way and everyone has to start somewhere and and all that sort of stuff. So what happened from you know so so you say you left the dialing parlor pretty recently? Yeah, kind of uh yeah, about a year ago now and I just wanted to have more of a private studio type of setting again because that's what I'm used to. I had my own shop in Istanbul. So I um, I started working at Hand in Hand Tattoo. Sophia and John owns it. Sophia Bon, um, she, she's amazing, like incredible uh, native. She has a very specific color palette that just like pops out and you can tell it's a Sophia Tattoo type of thing. And it's just like an upstairs private studio type of space. And it's just exactly what I wanted. And... Um, at the time I started there, it was just me and Sophia, effectively, and Ellie and Liz, uh, Ellie Tattoo and Liz Huxley. They just had both just had babies, so they were not coming in as much, taking a little bit of maternity leave. And now the shop's just buzzing, man. We have incredible artists. Um, Paul Martin, Ben Dukakis just uh, started recently, kind of recently. Lee Stewart, um, and yeah really really nice vibes here <laughs> so where, whereabouts is that that's in sydney still so that's in sydney yeah that's in roselle um, yeah okay. on darling so, street it was yeah, pretty right much like a, exactly right yeah. around the corner and what's really nice about this is um we're on really good terms with darling Perla, with dave with with sash uh i i feel like i gave so much notice and um they have always been supportive throughout uh throughout the whole thing and i'm really appreciative of that it it's yeah you hear these stories about you know people leaving shops and just fucking being on really, uh, really dodgy terms with the owners and stuff. And yeah, yeah. that's just uh, yeah, that that is unfortunately too common in our industry. 
And it, yeah. it, it sucks because it's, you know, it is one of the only industries where, you know, you even have to consider that kind of thing. You know, like if you're a fucking, if you're an accountant and you go from this accounting firm to that accounting firm, whatever, you know, if you go from exactly. this shop to that shop, it's like, whatever. But for us, it's like, oh shit, like, fuck, is my boss going to be dirty or, you know, <laughs> exactly. do, do, what do I owe this shop? And, you know, is it poor form if I'm doing this? And I, I guess less these days because there's so many more shops and there's so many young kids that are just jumping shop to shop to shop and there's less of that. But yeah, no, nah, that's, that's definitely a thing. Definitely a thing, yeah. yeah. Heard way too many stories of it. <laughs> yeah, but no, that that's cool. So you've obviously, um, in terms of in terms of your following, do you find that you know it 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 all kind of got you know to the point that it is now, like since you've been in Australia? It I had a I had an okay following. I would say like maybe uh, ten fifteen thousand people maybe when I came to Australia. So with the Ogie Tatterer page, it just like it didn't like kind of like a quote unquote blew up as much as like the terrible things once it's more of a steady growth type of thing organic kind of progression exactly um but as far as how my like real life client base goes it definitely just exponentially growed man since the time i was here it's just like word of mouth and people seeing someone else's tattoo and being like oh wow that's i haven't seen many tattoos like that because like to come back to the point that I was making in Turkey, for example, there are, I know many other people that do uh, fine line tattoos similar to the style that I do it, kind of like more abstract stuff. And um, in Australia, I don't know that many, at least in Sydney. So I guess it just stands out when someone else, uh, when someone sees someone else's tattoo and be like, oh, wow, that's pretty different type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um. Man, going back to Turkey, and that's sorry if I'm just chopping and changing, but no, going back to Turkey fine. and like tattooing in Turkey, you know, it's 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 a Muslim country. Is that is that correct? It's a, it's a predominantly Muslim country, but it's not like it's a secular country as well. So the the uh, the religion is not affecting the politics. Uh, at least it hasn't. Um, it's affecting a bit more now, but it hasn't been that way always. <laughs> yeah, like in, in terms of in terms of the mindset of the attitude towards tattooing, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, I actually watched a, um, a documentary on tattooing in Dubai and it's mm-hmm. pretty much all underground and, you know, it's really looked down upon. And so, so I'm guessing that's not the case in Turkey. It's definitely not the case, man. It also depends on where you go in Turkey. For example, Istanbul, um, it's such a big city and all these different parts, you can go to parts of Istanbul that is extremely con- conservative. You can go to parts where, it just feels like it's a European city. So where I was in Besiktas, it's definitely more on the European uh, type of mindset. So you'll see people with full sleeves, with head tattoos, with neck tattoos. This is just like a common thing. But if you go to parts of it and uh, as a woman, for example, wear, uh, wear a short skirt or something, you can still get in, get in trouble for it. Not like a legal trouble, but it, yeah. As far Definitely. as like the mindset from, you know, society kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. But it's yeah. not to come to the like Muslim country thing. It's not not at all like how it's in Dubai uh, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now that just comes back to, again, like my ignorance and kind of just... No, oh, that's... Fuck. I mean, you, you just go by what you, what you <laughs> see in the media, which is half the time bullshit, you know? Man, and... like this is going <laughs> to... For example, like 
I know some people, that some of my clients thinking that Turkey is like uh, predominantly made of desert and i don't i don't think we even have desert you know like West, desert Western i've never media. heard that one <laughs> you never heard that one no not desert <laughs> it's just how you know the western media portrays these middle eastern countries and puts them all in like the same box type of thing so yeah. it's not not your fault at all you need to do like your own research which why would you you know like go out of your way to do that man as far as i'm concerned you can never know enough about the world you know yeah. different different cultures different people different countries you know, super important as far as I'm concerned. It's super interesting as well. Like, like shortly when you get to a certain age, you you want to know more about you know different people and different cultures. Yeah, man. I do anyway. Absolutely. Hey, um, I, I want to go off on a bit of a tangent here because I'll probably forget later on. But your your dad was a surgeon. Yeah, he was. Um. So how how did that go down when you <laughs> were going to be a tattoo artist? He, actually, he's a very supportive guy. Like he, I don't think it was top of his list for me to for me to be a tattooer. To be honest. But I come from like a medical type of family. Anyway, my mom was a nurse, and um, I guess tattooing is part partly medical <laughs> in a, in a way. He just never wanted me to become a doctor, or he never put any pressure like that, which I'm really grateful for. But I think he just had his concerns when I started tattooing, uh, which any parent would have. Are you going to be able to make enough money with this as a career? And are you going to be able to keep safe when, when there's blood and pathogens involved and things like that? So uh, given that, they were very supportive, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Now, it's funny because, um, yeah, we spoke to um, spoke to Johnny Evans um, last week. I don't know if you know yeah. him. And, you know, touching on, <laughs> really you know, he's from, he, he's from Filipino background. And, um, you know, he, his parents and myself as well, you know, coming from, like, especially, you know, the previous generation where, Back in our home countries, like tattooing is not even a thing, man. It's like a, an, an it's not a, it's not a real job. It's not, <laughs> you, definitely you know? not. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like luckily enough, I've got <laughs> one of my sisters a dentist, the other one's a, a lawyer or studying to be. So uh, at least at least there's two good ones, and I can sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the black sheep of the exactly, family. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but that, that that's cool. That's cool that um your parents were were cool because they definitely didn't yeah. have to be, I guess. Totally. They were really open-minded about it, which is cool. And I think uh, after seeing the how dedicated I was, I like barely had any money to open up my private shop, but I like saved up everything and I like sold my electric guitar and shit like that um, just to open up the shop and seeing how dedicated I was. I think they just had to trust in me that this is going to work out, you know. But um, I think as what is... Uh, attached with the success part is just dedication like you can be dedicated to do anything and you you can spend eight hours on it a day and chances are you're going to make it if you are quote unquote talented on it maybe it will take you a shorter amount of time but if you're dedicated and if you're willing to spend a huge chunk of your time for it you're going to make it like you don't need to you don't need much else than dedication i feel um now look i think that's really interesting what you said um and one of the common sort of themes that we've that we've come across in interviewing the in interviewing artists is that everyone has a different story, but the the common thing is that everyone just works so fucking hard and you know just just puts the hours in and and I think that's probably one of the misconceptions about tattoo artists is that it's kind of like a you know a rock star kind of job, like it's not man like it, there's so much that goes so on behind much the scenes and <laughs> yeah and you know for to to get to you know the point that you're at like can only imagine the sort of hours that you'd put in and and you know what what you've been through 
Yeah, man, like to to not make this kind of self-made narrative, but the the thing is um you can always like choose an easier way or you can always uh, like ask your parents for money and stuff like that. But I feel like if you're willing to actually sacrifice things like like I said to open up to open up a tattoo shop, I had to sell like my guitar and stuff that really puts things on the line and you just have more to lose i guess so maybe it's just a matter of how circumstances uh kind of line up and you're like i i cannot fail at this because if i did i'm, I'm just fucked like i just committed too much to this yeah it's not a self-made narrative if it's the fucking truth man like you know <laughs> nah, that, that's all good oh, um as far as and and changing topic completely just because i'm fucking all over the place um you're doing amazing as far as conventions go (laughs) yeah um, so you you've done a few you've done a few conventions yep um i know because i've got i know a bunch of people that have been tattooed by you at conventions um (laughs) but um yeah what's your sort of like i guess there's not really any conventions going on now i think the sydney one was postponed three or four times yeah um and who knows if it's going ahead in october when it's supposed to be but what what was your how have you done conventions only in Australia or what's your experience there? Oh, actually, yeah, I only done in Australia, man, before here. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was only in Australia. Um, I really liked it, but I, at the end of it, I'm sure you get this as well. You do that for three days and then you're like, fuck, is this worth it? What am I doing with my life? You're just like, <laughs> I'm in this convention center with no light for three days. I don't know what time of day is. And yeah, my, my th- I have a sore throat. I feel awful. And you know, like, it's fun when you're doing it. But at the end of it, you're like, I'm never doing this again. Yet you do yeah. it again. Like that's yeah. how conventions are for me. And I always do this fucking special thing at a convention where like freehand rooms or like little freehand things you know 150 dollars or something so i end up just doing a bunch of small tattoos um just resetting the station 20 times a day so it's fucked so you'll, you'll leave space to do that and not take bookings for that time i never take yeah i only usually take like one booking to start the day off because otherwise what's the point man like you book people in at the shop um at least at the convention you want to give people like the chance to walk up and get something random uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. how I go about it. Do, how do you find it? Though? Do you like? Uh, it? I've actually, I've actually never done a convention. So oh, my first okay. one, yeah, my first one was supposed to be just because the shop that I was in before just wasn't really into that, and yeah. I've never been in the situation where you know to go to a convention. Nor was I going to fork it out for myself. But um, the you know we were supposed to do one, um, the Sydney one, in March last year. I was super stoked to do it, and you know I've, I've pretty much every single convention that that happens i'm there like just like sticky beacon and trying yeah. to trying to meet people have you know see what's going on and you know for me like i always saw it as almost the pinnacle of tattooing you know like if you if you're a rock band you know you, you want to play at the big day out or, or yeah. whatever kind of festival kind of thing and this might sound completely stupid to someone that's done a bunch of conventions but for me um relatively new at tattooing um it was always like oh this is kind of the big deal of, of tattooing, you know? Man. Um, the, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, hearing that always... is super funny to me, simply because the way I see conventions after doing a few is like, you go to a convention. I'm talking from a client perspective. You go to a p- convention, you're probably going to pay more than what you would pay at the shop. And you're probably going to get a worse tattoo. <laughs> because yeah, well. you're not as comfortable. Like, you don't have 
your own setup like it's just everything is and you you might be rushing because you paid fifteen hundred dollars for this one booth for three days so you want to fit in as many tattoos as you want and yeah. i'm not putting off anyone from going to conventions they're hella fun like they're just a really fun experience if you're going there and not working for three days and you're just getting tattooed but i i personally don't see it as like the pinnacle of tattooing <laughs> for sure for sure for sure and i'm sure like when, once i've done a few it's gonna be like what a fucking idiot I was to think that. <laughs> no, but you're going to love it, I reckon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we were supposed to do um, the the Sydney one in March and then it got postponed to, I think, uh, maybe it got cancelled ever and then got replaced with rights. Yeah. You know, because we've already, we've, you know, the shop's already paid for it. We've got like booth ready to go and now there's all this this other sort of politicky kind of stuff going on. And I've heard, I've heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's messy so... <laughs> business, man. <laughs> it, it is messy business, but... Fuck it. At this point, like, I just want to, just want to get into it. Absolutely. Um, so, so one other thing I wanted to sort of mention, you know, um, obviously you've tattooed in a few different countries and all that kind of thing. As far as, as far as the industry as a whole, um, how has that, if, if at all, how has that changed since you started from, from when you started to where, where it's at now in, in yeah. whatever capacity you want to answer that? I, I, I feel it, it it's so dependent on the country like in turkey i know that it's changed a lot uh for the better in the sense that uh now we have some so many great artists that uh are willing to offer their what they know about tattooing to like the newcomers rather than when i started that was not that common you'll just go work at a tattoo shop that probably don't know that much more than you do you know <laughs> There were like a handful of uh, good artists, uh, like, and they want to keep doing, it to themselves. Keep it to themselves, exactly. Um, in in Australia, I feel, um, at least I can only answer this since I since I came here. Uh, it's definitely becoming more accepting. I think when I first started, I felt like it was a bit more polarized with people. If you're doing old school you're gonna you know if you're doing american traditional you're gonna talk shit about fine line if you're doing uh realism you're gonna talk shit about that and this but i feel like maybe this is a byproduct of like the pandemic <laughs> everyone's kind of like coming together a bit more being a bit supportive uh more supportive, one positive which is of nice. the pandemic i i guess yeah <laughs> totally man <laughs> um yeah yeah, well, there's always that sort of, you know, that, that tribalism, I guess, you know, where everyone wants to be in, in, in their own little tribe. you got the trad guys, you got the realism guys and all that sort of thing. But yeah, like, you know, because cause of, you know, the whole world's going through this this pandemic, it, it has brought everyone together in terms of, you know, especially tattoo artists anyway. We're all, we're all in this together. We're all fucking Absolutely. suffering together. And yeah, it doesn't matter what style you do. Every totally. style's cool now. <laughs> All of a sudden, every style's cool. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and Louis, one thing I wanted to add, man. Um, yeah. So, you know how we were talking about uh, ignorance style and stuff? Yeah. I, I feel that... Um, I know that the style I do is... And, you know, like Mr. Heggie and stuff, it's more refined than, like, with some of these other ignorance style, home style tattoos that we see. But I don't always see that see them as, like, an inferior part of tattooing i sometimes look at these really badly made home style tattoos and think they're like fucking amazing because they're so different uh you can literally if i tried to imitate that i can't and uh it doesn't matter if a, if it looks like a five-year-old did it you know like it, that i feel like that's um 
not necessarily the future of tattooing, but I think that's like a really interesting uh, side, um, a new up and coming side of tattooing, like these really shitty looking tattoos. That is so interesting to hear that coming from someone like yourself, you know, who actually does it properly. And and it may, you know, may be an unpopular opinion. Yeah, you know, to definitely hear, an unpopular opinion among tattoos. Yeah, sure. absolutely. For, for me personally, like, I, I can get behind all that, you know, it, it all sort of has its place. As long as you're not, like, hurting, like, you know, damaging the person exactly. or being unsafe about it, you know. Like, guys like Rixard, how he's, you know, doing that stuff with the cello and, and like, oh. cutting people and stuff. And it's like, I can't get behind that, man. Like, definitely as far not. as, like little scribbles and you know that sort of thing all right cool i get it you know i, I get <laughs> totally. what they're trying to do and i get the the whole sort of idea behind it but yeah now that is really interesting coming from yourself <laughs> i actually would not have thought that that you would have thought that yeah yeah that, that's why i wanted to add, add that because it's easy to create that type of hierarchy around tattooing where if you're doing ignorant style or home style tattoos uh, but if you're doing it really clean, like that makes you a, like a better tattoo or something. But I don't think it's that uh, it's that binary or it's that linear. I feel like all of these styles have their own space and it's all about the client. You know, if you want to get something and if you're happy with the result, like that's all that matters. It's an artwork in the end. 100%. <laughs> that's that's spoken like a true artist, man. That's oh, awesome. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool, man. Um. Well, I feel like I've kept you for ages. Um, just wanted to say, in terms of um, in terms of your your bookings, um, how do people book with you? And you know, what's your sort of process? And how long are you booked out for? What you know, what can people do? How do they get in touch? Sure, man. I um, I take bookings over email. They both of my emails are on the Instagram pages. Ogitator and Terrible Terrible Things. They can find it there. And I'm usually booked one, one and a half months. I don't um, do large scale pieces at this time. So I usually do, you know, like four or five tattoos a day, small tattoos. Um, that way, yeah, I'm never too booked out. You can always make a booking with me in one and a half months time maximum. And yeah, that's how they can reach out to me. They can. They should also check out Hand in Hand Tattoos uh, Instagram page and all the amazing artists that I work with. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah shout out to all those guys what's the, what's what's the instagram there's it just hand in hand tattoo hand in hand tattoo yep awesome in roselle yep that's it man i would uh love to see you there sometime if you want to come check out the shop man next time i'm in sydney i'm definitely getting an ogie tattoo hell yeah <laughs> so yeah man thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story Dude. um i know there are a lot of people that were that were pretty excited to to hear this episode after i told them we were getting terrible terrible things and um oh fuck yeah, yeah man, i really appreciate everything thank you so much louis and mike like this has been amazing and um louis you're a fucking professional podcast host man Look <laughs> <at yourself. laughs> <I fucking laughs> <nailed this. laughs> 